everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pod on Your Loons. Guys, we got some good stuff to talk about. We got great stuff to talk about. Pod on Your Loons, this is Sam. Pod on Your Loons, this is James. Guys. I'm Justin. I, I guess I didn't introduce myself. I'm so excited, guys. We we can win. Not, not only that, Justin, we can win twice. Twice. <gasps> two times. My daughter can count to two. Nice. Can she count to three, though, Sam? That's the real question. I don't know. Like, everything she wants comes in twos. Like, she'll always request two ponies, which means two pigtails or ponytails, whatever. Or anytime she sees multiple dogs walking. She's never seen three dogs walking in our neighborhood. I don't think we have a neighbor with three dogs. But anytime there are two dogs walking, she'll say two doggies. Well, we've got a bye week, Sam. You got to get out there and find three dogs. <laughs> <laughs> see if she knows. See if she knows the difference. <laughs> see if she can tell. Yep. So James is throwing shade at me because I was on Post Loons with Jeremy Rushing and the 10K Pitches podcast, and James watched the YouTube replay of that. Check it out if you haven't. Jeremy does some great stuff, and I was very honored to be on the show. But I referred to the upcoming international break as a bye week. So <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a bye week, right? I think it's a bye week. I haven't heard of any of our guys going away on international duty, so it's a bye week. Yeah, I mean, I'm like when we were to, well, I heard the comment and yeah, I mean, I call it a bye week as well because like you said I follow a lot of NFL, so for me it's a bye week. But we usually call it just the international break. That's the yeah. official name for it. The international break. Yeah. So, James, you're sporting your your drift kit right now. It looks looks very sharp on you. And Thank you. I, I just got to ask. So, y- you now have a Minnesota United kit. You got the scarf. You got the you got the cool like warm up jacket. When you wear this stuff out and about, and when you talk to your European friends about your hobby of following of of supporting the Minnesota United loons right the mls team what what do they respond when they hear that you follow a mls team i mean most of them generally have no idea what the mls is okay. um but yeah i mean they're excited it's uh it's fun for them and you know they're always happy to i'm always happy to answer questions and they're always asking what it's about and why do i do a podcast for an american team and not like a european team is <laughs> generally the question uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exciting. Like people, people like to learn and yeah, I think for a lot of them, it's kind of the gateway to learn about what the MLS is. So I'm, okay. I push the podcast on a lot of people. So yeah, it's very interesting for them. There you go. Brand ambassador, Captain James. Yeah. I mean, I'm, pre- you know, president of the Robin Lodd fan club, which, which is, which is a good fan club to be president of right now. It might be growing. It might be growing. I saw a lot of tweets that uh, people people are now on the LOD train, which is finally. I mean, <laughs> we've been on there since the beginning. No, I mean, uh, it's good. I'm also going to be wearing this jersey on my couch when I watch the Euros uh, because uh, Finland's first game is like 6 p.m. on a Saturday for me. So perfect couch watching time. So I advise everyone to get on, get on and watch that if you guys can in the U.S. I don't know if there's uh, it's going to be shown on channels and stuff. Yeah, we get the Euros. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but we, it should be we get the time. Euros. A lot of the games you'll have to watch, I think, on ESPN Plus. But yeah, we get the Euros. Okay. We well, pretty much should... have easy access to any game we want, as long as it's not Spain. 
but soon, soon, I guess ESPN will have Spain soon. We, we will so get La Liga. That, by the way, that's going to be great. We've always gotten Copa del Rey, uh, but we've never gotten La Liga unless you happen to have one of the cable providers that does BN. But anyway, Justin, this is big moving weekend for you, moving into your your first house. You're a homeowner now. How's that going? It's very tiring. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife and I have been talking. We're very excited about the process. Uh, it's been it's been awesome, uh, you know, to finally have our own place to see see our place and be able to be like, hey, we want to tear down this wallpaper. We can do that. We want to paint this wall. We could do that. We could want to pull up this carpet and remove hundreds of staples from the floor. We can do that, which is what I did during the game yesterday. So I'm very excited to be a homeowner. I'm excited to see what happens as we progress in our house. But it, it, it feels like I feel like I leveled up a little bit, guys. I feel like I'm, I'm growing up. I'm, I'm turning 33 tomorrow, and I, I think I'm starting to feel like an adult. There you go. Oh, Happy you birthday, go. by the way. Happy yeah, birthday. The Loons provided you two wins. I mean, I know, right? what a great birthday present. <laughs> what else do you, you want? And now you get the bye week, so you can kind of finish off the school year, relax a little bit. Man, oh my gosh, yes. The school year, man, we, we don't talk enough about school, Sam. How's, how are things winding down? I know this wasn't on the notes, but how are things winding down at your school right now? Uh, they're, they're winding down. I, I mean, it's like every, every time we think that we're in the clear, something new happens. We made it until two weeks ago without ever having to like quarantine an entire class at the same time. So I, I consider that pretty good, <laughs> considering that, right, you have a bunch of kids and you can only distance them so much. So, Sam, I know you're you're big time, like you're running a school now, as opposed to just being a teacher. Do you still find yourself going into drilling drilling holes mode? Or is, are there, <laughs> is there no hole drilling when you run a school? So anyone that lis- has listened to the podcast for a full year... Justin and I did teach together for one semester and he, even though he was only at my school for one semester, he sparked a term that some of us still use today and that is drilling holes. And it's a reference to super bad where Jonah Hill is in, he's in, um, shop shop class. Yeah. And Michael Sarah comes up to him. Jonah Hill's on this drill machine and Michael Sarah's like, what are you making? Other way around. Other way around. Jonah Hill goes up to Michael Sarah. But anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jonah Hill goes up to Michael Sarah. What are you making? And Michael Sarah's just saying, I'm just drilling holes. Two weeks left. F it. And just a classic, <laughs> just a classic scene and a very relatable feeling about what it is like to work in a school during the last two weeks of school. Because you get to the point where everyone stops caring and anyone that says that they still care is lying. Now, this year, it's a lot different because (laughs) straight line to you. Some of my kids have been drilling holes since April, Sam. (laughs) Some of my kids have been drilling holes since April 2020. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Except there was virtual holes for some of it. This year is different, right? Like, because the kids... I don't know if they can stop caring because a lot of them never started caring this year because it's been such a crazy year. But when it comes to teachers, right, or administrators, we have, we're, we're still not done with testing. Like most of our kids are done, 
but the testing window was extended. Most schools started testing later. And we still have quite a few kids that are not 100% complete with their standardized tests. Well, then on top of it, they are supposed to take their, with, within a district, you tend to have your own internal assessment. A lot of schools use NWA or FastBridge, whatever. You don't, you, the listeners don't care about this. But because the MCA, right, the standardized test, because that was delayed, we now have our internal test that we have to somehow cram in. And part of you wants to just be like, who cares? But our bonuses depend on those scores. So we care, (laughs) right? Like for our teachers, that could be like an extra paycheck at the end of the year, depending on what their kids score at on this uh, internal assessment. So no, we're, we haven't started drilling holes the way we normally would have. Normally, we'd have things a little bit more wrapped up around now. But yeah, those, uh, no, we're, we're still actually making stuff. Enough about that, guys. Let's get into the show. What, okay. Let's start off with some news. Justin, first bit of news is personal one for you. Why don't you take this one? Yeah, so my dad texts me, I think it's like Friday, no, is it? Friday? Yeah, Friday. And he sends me, and I sent it to you guys, he sends me a picture of him in Allianz Field holding up a Minnesota United scarf, and he writes underneath it, and he writes underneath it, I'm a bit loony today. And when I saw that, just such a dad line, I was like, Sam would be very proud. It was a funny joke. I I liked it. He, my dad was, my, my dad works for XL Energy and they have this program called Eye of the Loon where every game they recognize a, a veteran um, that works for XL Energy and they get recognized at the game. They get to sit in the one red chair in the whole stadium, like the, like those, those jerseys we talked about that were sweet that had the red buttons. The stadium has a single red chair and it's called the Eye of the Loon and they have a, a vet sit in that chair. And I, I always thought that my dad might eventually, because I was in the back of my head, I've known about this. I've been like, okay, there can't, I mean, there's there's plenty of vets that work for XL, but my dad's one of them. He's worked there for, for you know, many years at this point. That'd be really cool if it happened. So I was, I was caught off guard, but I was ex- also excited. Um, and then people started sending me like the Twitter, their Twitter posted about it and had the little video that they made of him. Uh, talking about his surface service and everything. So I just thought that was super cool. And, you know, my dad's not a huge fan, but I'm excited for him. He was able to do that. And they, they're going to give him four tickets to a game this summer. So when the stadium's packed, he can really feel that full atmosphere. So he's going to bring my, it's him, his, his wife, and then my wife, the four of us are going to go to the game, go to a game this summer. And I'm super looking forward to that. That is awesome, man. Yeah, we we saw, so you had texted us ahead of time, but watching the broadcast, I saw that at least twice. Plus, we came across it on social media a few times. Sarah went, my wife, Sarah, she went and looked looked up your dad's post on every social media outlet just so she could like it each time. So she looked it up on Instagram. She looked it up on Facebook. She looked it up on Twitter. So Perfect. I mean, I, I also like the other shot he sent of him just sitting there by himself with the caption, with my friends. That was just, <laughs> yes, that's true. just like great. With all my such, friends. Such a dad joke. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And Sam, I, 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 I give you a hard time for being such a dad. It's because my dad is such a dad. And you remind me 
a lot of him and you're just the comments you make sometimes. That's not a bad thing, you know? No, no. And here's the thing about, <laughs> here's the thing about once you enter my stage of life is you don't, you don't care. Like you just own it. Right. Like I am what I am. Like I used to be cool. And now I have two podcasts and two podcasts and zero therapists. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep. I felt like a therapist this week when I was sitting on my own couch for uh, four days. <laughs> our, our boy James here got way too close to somebody with COVID. That's that's an awesome thing, by the way, James. I mean, I'm I'm very glad that I haven't to ex- haven't had to experience that, but I'm glad that that's in place. Uh, yeah. So can you, can you talk to us about this, James. Yeah, James yeah. lives in a country where they still have COVID. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. No, we uh, we basically have a uh, a phone app where you have your Bluetooth on, and it's essentially a track and trace app. So it doesn't count if you're like walking past someone or like you know on a bus with someone or something like that. But if you spend more than fifteen minutes near to someone who also has the app, and then they get a positive test. Uh, from the government and the government gives you a code to put into the app if you have a positive test and it basically pings all the people that you were nearby for more than 15 minutes so they all need to self-isolate and then go get a test so on friday i went to the office for the first time in a year over a year uh, which involved three hours of public transport and during that public transport i sat next to someone uh, and everyone wears masks masks are compulsory so it's yeah it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, but yeah, I got pinged on uh, Monday during dinner that I had to self-isolate and get a test on Wednesday. Uh, so from Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night as well, because I got the test Wednesday afternoon and I have to wait 24 hours. Uh, I slept uh, in my in my home office on my couch for three nights. Which it doesn't sound as bad as James is making it sound because that's where all of his booze is. Yeah, the levels on your booze look a lot lower than they did last <laughs> time. But I mean, like, I also had to stay away from my girlfriend as well. So it was basically like there's a little box outside my room that meals just got delivered onto. And then, like, there was a knock at the door and it was like, Din- dinner's ready or lunch is ready. Wow. So. Huh. Yep. But I mean, the good news is I got to watch half of the Vancouver game. Nice. Yeah, that that was fun. That was fun. So, guys, let's let's seriously get into this. Just a quick rundown of the news. Forward Madison, 1-0 home win against North Carolina. Similar to our Saturday night stoppage time winner, they also had one. So, great job, Forward Madison. Looked like a blast. I got tickets for June 12th, so I'm pretty stoked for that. Awesome. It was it was three minutes apart, by the way. So they scored, and then three minutes later, we scored in stoppage time. Yeah, yeah that that is awesome. That is awesome. I can never trust like when I actually get the feed, like where it would be real time or not, because <laughs> like just being friends with Justin, I know that my TV is not as fast as his. So <laughs> same. Minneapolis City, though, 6-0 home win against Dakota Fusion. So no problem getting it done. Justin, we got to go to one of those games. Yeah, we got to hit up our boy Nate. 
you know, maybe he can he can get us in or, or get us some nice seats. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a good time. It looked like they had, I think they said over 700 people in attendance. So great for Minneapolis City. I can't wait to go. Uh, ne- next up, just Adrian Hunu and Baki Debasi should be available for the May 29th match at Real Salt Lake. Pretty pumped for that. But then Franco Fragapene, he keeps being mentioned alongside Adrian Hunu, but he's also still making 90-minute appearances for Tayeres. And he scored a goal the other night. But I, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine, right? Like, Adrian Hunu, I think he's in the country and just quarantining. So that's why he's going to be available for RSL. Franco Fragapane is very clearly still in Argentina. So I don't know how he's supposed to be ready for RSL. It's probably going to take a little bit more time. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But I, I just hope that he is ready by the time some of our guys like Jan Gregish, Robin Lud are off to the Euros. And that's the final bit of news is just, guys, keep an eye on the Euros because that is coming up quick. I know we're riding high right now, two-game winning streak. Things are finally turning around. Things are going in the right direction. Adrian Hunu on his way. Franco Fragapane on his way. Baki Debasi almost healthy. The rest of our team is going to be rested and fully charged. And then we're going to lose some guys because Finland and Robin Lud open up their group stage on June 12th against Denmark. Uh, Juka Retalia also in that group. And they have their friendly starting May 29th. So I wouldn't think that we would lose our guys that early at the end of May, but I don't know. It might not be, it might not be in our hands. Slovakia opens up their group stage on June 14th against Poland and their friendlies are starting June 1st. So Jan Gregish uh, for Slovakia, Robin Lud and Juka Retalia for Finland. We're going to be losing them pretty soon. Quick, quick question. Have, have we actually officially signed Franco Fragapane or is that still like? No, it's totally up in the air. But we but we keep hearing reports from everybody. It, it's very much similar to like every time we sign somebody where we hear about it for weeks ahead of time and then like, don't worry, it's about to happen. I, I'm actually surprised at how different the handling of his lead up has been to Hanu, where like Hanu was just off. He was not even selected by his team for months, right? And they're like almost like T- Talaris or whatever is almost like, let's run this guy into the ground. Let's use him as much as we can before we, we kick him, you know, kick him to the curb. So it's interesting to see the the different way of handling a, a future transfer. Yeah, and people, man. they very clearly have different roles on their team where who knew was he was the second string striker for his club. So Fregapane, clearly part of the best 11 for Tayeres. I think it is just a little bit different. Tayeres does have a congested schedule towards the end of the season. They are still around in a, I think like a group stage of a cup competition. I don't totally understand how Argentine football works, but I think that that is a little bit of the difference. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Fragapane, I just hope he comes to us in one piece. Well, I mean, the, the good thing is, is even if he plays this much, he'll have match fitness, right? Which is something Hanu doesn't really have or our boy abila right you you are definitely right on both accounts so 
I would assume that Hunu has match fitness. Like Abila was hurt, but but guys, let's just recap the last week. We had Wednesday night a 1-0 win versus Vancouver. Saturday night a 1-0 win versus Dallas. Two in a row. So we're two and zero. We're two and zero. That's what we're gonna say. <laughs> we're four and two, but whatever. No, Wednesday we're, we're night, two and four. Two and four, four Sam. Sorry. Oh yeah, four and two would sound better. Yep. <laughs> I love the optimism. We're two and four. Okay. Wednesday night against Vancouver, it was a one-zero win from a seventy-second minute goal by Ruman Abila. Ozzy passed the ball to Lud. He crossed it from the right, and Abila is able to head it in. Then Saturday night versus Dallas, it was a Robin Lud goal. Reynoso takes a corner. Four minutes into stoppage time, Coleman heads that ball for the shot, which is deflected, but it lands right in front of Robin Lud, who takes it to the back of the net. Two wins in a row. Robin Lud now involved in four of five Loon's goals this season with two goals and two assists. So pumped right there, two wins in a row. I picked a great time to tell Jeremy that I would do post loons with him because it was just, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be the guest host on his show after losing four in a row. To be able to come on and just geek out about how excited I was, that was pretty great. And in hindsight, I was maybe a little bit too optimistic. We'll get to that later. But let's, guys, I got three questions for you that will guide our discussion for tonight. And question number one is prior to Wednesday's game, the loons were 0-4 and Adrian, he stated he would be relying on his veteran players to turn things around. We now have the advantage of hindsight, but how do you all feel about that decision by Heath? I mean, I feel, I feel it's the right decision, but I also understand why people think it's the wrong decision. Like I, I understand both sides for me. I understand why you want to rely on your veteran players because your veteran players are probably more likely to have been in a situation that was like this or felt that pressure from, you know, supporters and the manager and and the club before. And so are more kind of hardened against kind of the outside influences and can just concentrate and play the game. But also I think the younger players, it's probably easier for them to just kind of forget about the last result and just go out there and bring energy and bring excitement and just try to like win the game rather than getting bogged down in the, you know, if we concede early, it's, Oh my God, we're, we could go five losses to start the season. Like I think the young players are more just, you have the ability to just kind of throw them out there and they'll go and, uh, you know, work their hardest. Whereas veteran players might, you know, struggle mentally. It also kind of feels like the style that they're trying to play. I don't know if it's necessarily conducive to the younger guys that we want to see. Like we've talked about, like we want to see fast pace at the end of the game. Right. And I don't know about you, about you guys, but it just seems like we, now we're trying to just like slow the ball, slow the game down, pass the ball, find opportunities. Right. It's not the, like the, like the running gun type style. It felt like we were playing a lot last year, you know, where we were always just running, 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 trying to, to fast break score, right. To put it like a basketball term. I don't know what the, the soccer term for that is, but it just doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe he feels like these guys, 
They're the ones that are going to get the ball in the back of the net when it's necessary. They're the ones that he can trust to have those consistent passes so that, you know, this buildup style that we're doing, the slow buildup style that we're doing can be successful. Whereas those younger guys kind of would change the pace of play a little bit. Yeah. So let's hear from what Heath went with. Again, we have the advantage of hindsight. Minnesota United is at two in a row. Minnesota United has two clean sheets in a row. And so it's, it's looking like things worked out for Adrian Heath. <laughs> Thankfully. That, that's not meant, and I, as I say that, and as I'm kind of thinking about how that came out of my mouth, that sounded like a spike the football, because I, I don't know what the soccer equivalent of spike the football would be. Maybe it's punted into the crowd. Punted into the crowd, right? <laughs> Ocho- <laughs> Ochoa? You got to Ochoa that ball, guys. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that statement by me sounded like I just ochoa it, but... <laughs> What I mean is, based on the results, right, we're, we're not talking about Adrian Heath's decision backfiring on him. It worked for him. Here's what his lineup was. For Vancouver on Wednesday, it was Robin Lud up top at striker. His attacking midfield was Hassani Dotson on the right, Gregish in the middle, and Reynoso on the left. His midfield was Trapp and Alonzo, and his back line was Metnier on the right, Boxy, Raytalia, and then Gasper on the left. Goalkeeper was Tyler Miller instead of Dane St. Clair. And then the only subs we saw were Abila with a decent chunk left in the second half and then Hayes way at the end. With Dallas, you saw Robin Lud up top again. Your attacking midfield was Finlay now in on the right. Reynoso, he shifted to the center and then Dotson moved over to the left. Your midfield was Trap, and then Jan Gregish shifts back into that midfield role. Your defense was Metnair again on the right, Boxy, and then Coleman in for Retalia. Uh, so back in the lineup, we haven't seen him for a couple of games, and then Gasper on the left. Your goalkeeper, Tyler Miller, for his second consecutive start, and your subs were the same. It was Romana Bila with a Decent chunk left in the second half. And then Ja'Cory Hayes on way at the end. Against Vancouver, it was 17 shots on goal, four on target. And against Dallas, it was 27 shots on goal, seven on target. Now, James, you were the one that threw those in. Do you, do you yeah. want to explain uh, what you're getting at there? Yeah, so I think, you know, in total over the six games, so I went back and did some did some stat checking, and in total over the last six games, we've had 105 shots this season, of which we've had 23 on target and five goals. So we've averaged 20, well, we have 22% shots are on target. And of those 22%, we also have 22% that score. But if you look back at the last two games, almost half of our total shots on goal for the season come from those two games. So the first four games, we basically have the same amount of shots on goal. So I think we've really, you know, upped how many kind of how many shots we're having as well, but definitely how many shots on target. We're we're much better at actually converting it into like looking at the net and shooting at the net and troubling the keeper. And sure, like we only scored one goal in each game, but I think we you know, we looked more threatening, especially against Dallas. We we had quite a few shots that looked very threatening. And I think that it's building up nicely into how we want to continue playing and continue, you know, making those opportunities, but also making sure we hit the target. Yeah, and goals, I, goals change games. 
Nichols changed games. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was very pleased by the second consecutive clean sheet. That reminds me of the Minnesota United we have grown to love over the past two seasons of just that, that stout defense that's not letting a lot in. Maybe bends but doesn't break. Another thing that's kind of frustrated us over the past two seasons is that while our defense has our, our defense has been stout, we haven't been scoring at a very high rate. And that changed a little bit last year with the acquisition of Emmanuel Reynoso. I don't know if it's Kevin Molino's departure or what, but it appears we have taken a step back as far as our offensive output. And I know we're all thinking that hopefully these incoming players, Adrian Hunu, Franco Fragapane, they possibly could shift things back into the right direction, give us that firepower that we need, or as Roman Abila as, as he continues to get up to speed, continues to get back in shape, uh, right? Like we're, we're hearing right now, we're hearing he is not 90 minutes fit. We're hearing that the most we can expect out of him right now are maybe 30 minutes at the end of the game. But we're, we're still waiting for our offense to take that next step. And that leads me to my next question that I have to throw out to you guys is, are we back to being the loons we've grown accustomed to? And how do you currently feel regarding the outlook of this team and the rest of this season? Okay. So I did a, I did a little bit of a deep dive on some stats just, just a few moments ago, James, like you, I can look up stats. I looked up. That wasn't, that wasn't a slight at you at all. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, I was looking up. So I I don't know a ton about it, uh, but I like analytics in baseball and there's some analytics that have become a thing now in soccer. This, this whole idea of expected goals for and against, right? Uh, What's that? XPG. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at our, our team and kind of like how the results have gone and man, it was rough to start, start the year. Right. So against Seattle, where we lost 0-4, we should have scored a goal. We had expect a goal of 1.3. They had 2.9. That's awful, right? You're not going to win either way. Real Salt Lake, we have 1.4. They have 2.2. And then uh, Austin, we have 1. They have 2.3. So our first three games, right, like we deserve to lose those games, according to the analytics. Colorado, which is really interesting, you know, we lose 3-2. to two. We had an expected goal of 1.1. And we had an expected goal against of 0.9. So like we, according to these analytics, should should maybe have given up a goal in that game. But what we see change is that in the past two games, we've had expected goals of 1.8 and 2.0, right? So in Vancouver and Dallas, like we've actually had goal production. We've had more shots on target, like James said, right? Like things are starting to shape up the right way. And our expected goals were 0.9 and 0.9 again. So, you know, we're we're I think we're starting to see the team kind of stabilize, right? Defense is figuring out ways to to play better. Chase Gasper looked great last night. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but you know, us not giving up goals uh can can kind of be the way for us to realize that maybe he's playing better, right? And I think we're starting to make chances happen. Whereas it felt like in the first couple of games, 
oh my gosh, we were just kicking the ball in the direction of the net, but it was never close, right? It was just, we were just hitting it. Whereas now it just, it feels like, it feels like things are going to happen. Like last night, it felt like in the last 20 minutes that we were going to score a goal. It reminded me of the way it felt last year. So do I think that we're the team we were last year? Um, I'd like to see us score some more goals. You know, one to nothing, one, one to nothing is a really nice result. But I'd like to see some two to nothings and some three to nothings. Like, because that shows us that we're a great team, you know, and not just a team that's going to be involved in every game. And, and I also did some stat checking because I was curious about in the last few seasons how we did when it came to scoring goals. And if you extrapolate last season out to be a full, a full season rather than what we scored, like how many games we actually played. For the last two seasons, we've essentially averaged about 1.6 goals a game. So we score, on average, three goals every two games. So, so far this year, we're at five goals in six games. And two of them have come from the last two games, right? So we were one, we were three goals in the first four games, which is fairly trash. So... (laughs) Like I think that also kind of builds on that point is that we're going in the right direction, and you know to get back to where we were in the last couple of seasons, we we need to score more goals. And I think you know with this team, I think we should easily be able to average three every two games, if not four every two games. And in answer to your question, are we back to being the loons we've grown accustomed to? Mm, I don't know. Like I think it's probably too early even after six games, really to tell, I think, because we're still trying to work out how to deal with the fact that Kevin Molino isn't there. And I think once Hanu comes in and is actually the striker up top, not like Lod filling in because we don't have anyone better, then I think that will be more like a squad that I think we're accustomed to as long as Dodson on the left starts working or like works as well as he's been going at the moment and then kind of gets better and outlook on the team of this season I think it's it's building it's growing it's not you know we lost four games at the start it's it's never going to be we're not going to win there I want to say MLS is back but (laughs) the um (laughs) the conference we're not going to win the conference uh I'd be very surprised. We might pull a Man City who were, were like seventh and then suddenly won a Premier League. But I, I think it's positive and I think it's going in the right direction. And will there be setbacks? Of course. Yeah, I don't think we're going to go a whole season undefeated from now. <laughs> but I think generally the trajectory is going good and we should make playoffs from here. And I, I think to add, add something, right? Like chemistry is starting to develop. I think we saw that, right? Like the reason reason why we scored the goal in the Vancouver game is because we were able to put a striker in and have Robin Ludd play right wing. And like, we were able to see that link up play right between Robin Ludd and Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, And we saw that again, you know, in the last 30 minutes, we were able to see some of that, see some of that chemistry form and our boy Robin playing right is where it needs to be. I know that out of necessity early in the game, he's had to play up top or in the middle. I think a lot of this comes down to having a striker in, in place and hopefully they can hopefully they can join and have chemistry and 
have it work out. Uh, Bila, I guess, is going to be the end of the game guy for for now, right? But it'd be great to have a striker that could could allow us to have the ability to have load on the right, have that chemistry for him, and have success. And and you talk about chemistry. There was uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Instagram video this week, but uh, Patrick Weyer and uh, Emmanuel Renoso singing it like singing together in the car. I don't <laughs> know if awesome. you guys saw that. But no. What were that they was, singing? Uh, they were singing uh, some song like Dior Dior. I don't know. I'm not up with what songs are right now. <laughs> I feel so old when I say this too. And you're the youngest one on this show. I know. Tragedy. But yeah, they were singing together. So that was also a good sign. So prior to Wednesday, Loons had lost their first four games of a 34-game season. And... Extra Time made a statement that made its way around Minnesota United fandom saying that they predicted 50 points to be the cutoff for playoff qualification in the Western Conference, which would mean prior to Wednesday that that meant 1.66 points per game for the Loons the rest of the way in order to make the playoffs. Well, two two wins later, that number is down to 1.57. So... Not ideal, not ideal, but it's a big step in the right direction. On post loons, I was very hyped up. I was very optimistic. I haven't gotten teased for it yet, but I, I more or less said, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. This is a playoff team. I, I was very, very, very optimistic. I have since looked at the standings and I have seen that the only two teams that we are currently ahead of both have a game in hand on us, but I, I don't care. I, I still stand by that statement. I think when all is said and done, the Loons will be a playoff team. I'm not quite ready to say that they are going to be in the top four and get home field advantage. I am not quite ready to say that. Well, of course, I'm not ready to say that they're going to challenge for for a supporter shield. But I think that the Loons are are going to be in the mix for, a, not just in the mix for a playoff spot. I think the Loons are going to the playoffs. Where do you guys stand on that? What, what, one thing on that, LAFC actually have two games in hand on us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Nice. We're a point out of the playoffs right now, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Real Salt Lake's got seven points. They've only played four games, right? <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Early in the game, everybody's going to lose four. I mean, for the most part, right? Like, we just gotta win. We just gotta win. I mean, there's there's already a bunch. Like San Jose have already lost three, and they're still in the playoffs. They're like fifth. So, like, it's not. I think it's too early to to really say we're so like down and out of it. And apart from the Sounders, who are looking real good this year, uh, and the Galaxy, yeah, they already dropped a game. But yeah, I think uh, I think we've got a good shot. I'm I'm not worried. If we were if we were nil and six. I, w- I would be very worried, you know, but the fact that we have two wins, you know, we've kind of caught most people at least, you know, we're now kind of in the same kind of bracket as most people. And sure, they've, most people have a game in hand on us, but yeah, I don't think, yeah, it, it's going to be that bad. And like you said, in Jeremy's in the, in the post loons, you know, most of these games are going to be six point games because we play so much of the Western conference that, you know, we, we win and suddenly we win a couple of games and the table looks totally different 
because people are losing and we're winning and we're going up and down. So I think this table is going to look very different at the end to what it is now. So yeah, I'm confident we'll we'll make playoffs. So guys, we got a bit of a bye week now. Sorry, international break. Okay. We're a legit soccer pod. Sorry, we're a legit football podcast. What lineup do you see us trotting out at Real Salt Lake on May 29th? And specifically, I want to hear your thoughts on where Hunu might fit into that, where Debasi might fit into that, possibly Fregapane. I don't know. What are you guys thinking for May 29th? So I think from the back, it stays pretty similar. So Tyler Miller would be in goal for me. Yeah, like DSC has been so good. And we were like, it's the second coming, like this amazing goalkeeper. But Tyler Miller has two clean sheets. At the moment, you go with who's got the hot hands. So I think Tyler Miller starts. Metonair, Boxy, I think Bukai Debasi fits in there. And then Chase Gasper. Yeah. I think Trapp and, and Greg Ush is, uh, providing Greg Ush doesn't have to leave, maybe Slovakia, that might be all right. Um, Greg Ush would be in there. I mean, I thought it was great that Aussie did 180 minutes. Uh, you know, on the, the the game before and then the Wednesday game, I was perfectly fine that he got benched. Dude's probably tired, like <laughs> two full games. And then I think Dodson on the left, Renoso and Lod, and then Hanu up front. So you think in Hanu starts his first game on May 29th? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. And then comes off later for Abia, Abila. Or even Abila starts and then comes off later for Hanu because we get funky with our like trades where we don't want to throw them in. Justin, James, what are you thinking? Stepping on, you're stepping on my touchdown call. <laughs> I, uh, I think I think Baki Debasi goes in. If he, you know, it sounds like he's going to be ready. So I think it's going to be him and, and Boxy in the middle. Metnair, who's just I mean, I, I we talked about before. I think he's playing fantastic. I think he. I think he's back to the form of the player he was before last year, like 2019, when he when he jumped on the scene and was kicking butt. Uh, Chase had a good, better game, so I think obviously Chase keeps gets gets to keep playing. Um, I think that it's Ozzy and Ozzy and probably Greg Oose in the middle. Um, I think that it's going to be see me right now. So in the middle with with Dotson and Finlay on his either side or not Dots or sorry. Dotson and Lud on either side. And I think a bill is going to be the striker up top. And I think that Hanu is going to come on as a sub because Adrian, he loves guys making their debuts as subs. So I think that, you know, that's going to be the case that Hanu will come on late as the striker. And I think, you know, you, you said it right. I mean, we love, we did love Dane St. Clair, but I mean, how are you going to bench Tyler Miller after two clean sheets in a row? I feel bad for yeah. Dane. I hope that he gets a chance to play, whether it's, I mean, I know that's it's really early for me to say this, but like maybe he needs another loan trip to to pump him back up because that's you know that's kind of what happened, right? He went and went elsewhere, was able to get some play, was able to get his form up, and then we when we needed him, he he came back here and did fantastic. So that's what I think is going to look like. What about? You? Go ahead. I was just going to add one thing. I. In the in the caveat that Lod doesn't play because he goes to Euros, because obviously the friendly start the same. Oh day. yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, then I then I would guess Finlay goes out there on the right. Yeah. If it's not if it's not Lod, it's Finlay. Yeah. So I 
I agree with both you guys. I think Tyler Miller has to start at RSL. He he is the hot hand right now. I don't think we have seen the last of Dane St. Clair this year by any means. I think it was inevitable that at some point we were going to see Tyler Miller. He is too good to not play. Dane St. Clair is too good to not play. I was talking about this on Post Loons. In a normal year, you would have U.S. Open Cups. You'd have even possibly the Nations League in order to get guys a little bit more playing time because you can only you can only play one goalkeeper a game, God willing, right? God willing, no one gets hurt. You only play one goalkeeper a game. So I get that you have to be in these situations where you have a little bit of a rotation in a year like this. I don't think Dane St. Clair is going anywhere. I think we have not seen the last of Dane St. Clair. But right now, two clean sheets in a row, you've got to go with Tyler Miller. There's no reason to not go with Tyler Miller. Our back line, it looks like Chase Gasper has kind of shake the boogeyman away. So I think he keeps his spot on the left. Prior to uh, the past game, I wondered if we'd maybe give Chase Gasper a little bit of rest, uh, let him get his get his confidence back up, let him get his form back up, and then rework him into the starting lineup. But I think our back line stays relatively the same, uh, with the exception of Baki Debasi uh, replacing Brent Coleman or Juca Ritalia, whoever uh, <laughs> whoever has been starting alongside Michael Boxall. I think that that position now goes to Baki Debasi. I think in central midfield, which has been a big conversation for our starts as when we talk lineups all year long, I think you go with Alonzo. He's going to be ready and rested. And then I think you go with Gregish uh, over Trap, uh, mostly because Gregish is going to leave shortly after. I think we have a little bit of an extended break after this game against RSL, if I remember correctly. You might as well give Jan Gregish a, a start before he goes away for a little bit. So that that is why I think Gregish is going to start over Trap. Uh, that that is nothing against Trap. Let, let's use our guy while we got him. Our our attacking midfield. I think we're going to see Emmanuel Reynoso in the middle. I think we're going to see Ethan Finlay on the right and Hassani Dotson on the left, which means I think Lud is still up top. I don't think Abila is ready to uh, do those do those 90 minutes of a game. I don't even totally know if that is his purpose. And I agree with Justin that Adrian Heath loves to introduce guys late in the game for their first appearance. I don't have a lot of memory of him uh, taking a mid-season signing and giving him the start right away. He he tends to like to sub them in later. So that is what I'm expecting to have happen with Adrian Hunu. So yeah, that that is my lineup, guys. So so you mentioned that there's a gap. There's actually quite a big gap. So our next game is the 30th of May, and then we played Dallas on the 20th of June. Yeah, it is a big gap, and I don't totally understand it. Uh, it obviously has to have something to do with international break, but that makes me question what this international break is about. I, I don't know. It wasn't something I looked up prior to the show, but it was kind of one of those things where I was looking at the calendar as I was putting some last-minute touches on the show notes and realized, oh, geez, we have RSL on May 29th, then we have a break. This is weird. Sorry, it's actually the 19th of June. That's my time zone, Ben. I'm I'm completely making this up, so I don't know. I don't have any facts behind this. But what if 
maybe they were thinking like last year that there would be a ton of postponements because of COVID. And they gave like these, these windows of times to like be able to, to, to replay games or like have postponed games happen, you know, when they were scheduling, I'm totally making this up, but, but I think, cause I remember, remember how much of a big CF it was, right? We had a section called the big CF about I missed that, segment. that was going. my favorite segment. It was a yeah, one RMP big CF. Um, well, I mean, may- don't, don't say that cause it could come back. It could. Uh, but maybe I guess like that would, that could be a reason. Do we have yeah, any other breaks like this throughout the year, or is this the only one? Yeah, there's also like a couple of like in October. There's we've got a bye week, I think, because there's like the third of October we play, and then the seventeenth we play, and then there's also one the 29th of August, and then our next game is the eleventh of September. So, so there's a couple of times we have like extended gaps, but then for example, we come back the twentieth of June. And we played the 20th, the 24th, and the 27th. Sorry, the 19th, the 23rd, and the 26th. Well, and international breaks are normal. It's just having a break, playing one game, and then going on another break. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. That's hitting me off guard. I thought I knew a lot about what was going on, and I am totally just dumbfounded right now. Yeah, I, I would assume it's to do with the Euros because also... Like the the seasons of the major European leagues will have wrapped up for the Euros, so I think there's only kind of going to be European football. But coming back the twentieth of June is doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because the games start only a week before that in the Euros. So right, it's not like, like those players in the Euros will be back by then. There, I know that there's going to be a lot of international football, right? We have World Cup qualifiers. We we still have friendlies. We have is the Gold Cup happening. That's probably still happening, right? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of international football this year. I'm hoping it doesn't bite our team too well. I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't bite our team too severely. We know the Euros, right? We know the Euros are coming up, but... Gold, Gold Cup's happening. June, July, sorry. The CONCACAF Gold Cup starts in July. Okay. All right. Well, guys, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? It's just great to talk about a win, you know? A, a we, win? We were, we were, we were bumming. Wins. We were bumming, boys, and this gave us a chance to have be optimistic. We were talking about how many games until we had to say that it was time to go see ya to our boy Adrian. We, oh, we how were. things change. Oh, how things change. We were. Um, and James was talking about us starting an IX podcast just so we could talk about wins <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm kidding. James hates IX. Yeah. I thought it was AJ. I mean, AJX. <laughs> I mean, Utrecht is in the uh, Europa League. Uh, Ooh. Oh, one, one thing. One thing. Actually, yeah, one thing to talk about, the new European League, the, like the European Conference, which is the one below the Europa League. Ooh. So there's now another, there's a third European competition. Okay. So de- details are quite light, but I think it's in the Premier League and Liga and stuff, it's the seventh placed team will enter this competition. Um, somewhat similar format to the Europa League. 
Uh, and in the round of 16, it'll be the eight teams from the conference and the eight third-place teams from the Europa League will go down. Much like in the Champions League, they go down to the Europa League. In the Europa League, they'll go down to the conference, European Conference, I think it's called. Uh, and then the winner of the European Conference will get a spot in the Europa League for next year, just like the winner of the Europa League gets a spot in the Champions League. So my question for you is, if Tottenham wins it, does it count? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> so but it does mean there's still hope that Arsenal can make European football next year. <laughs> That's the important point. They oh, gotta make up new game. leagues for that to happen, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean it was the Super League and that didn't work. So now it's <laughs> the European Conference League. Like, yeah, it's, it's complicated, you know. The crunky league. Oh, also on that, there was a, uh, I, I think I sent you guys a tweet, right? That uh, the Spotify guy made an official offer, but was told that the Cronkies don't need any more money at this time, so will not be accepting his offer. Wouldn't that be nice? You know what? I got enough money. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, that's it from uh, that's it from uh, the uh, this side of the pond, anyway. Would have been fun. Well, guys, I guess we, we have a bye week, so... You're not going to hear from Pod on You Loons for nearly two weeks, but enjoy your bye week. Justin and I will be drilling holes. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be drilling holes. I don't know. We might not be able to. I might literally be drilling holes in my house. <laughs> yeah, he might have to do that. I guess, guys, until next time, Pod on You Loons. Pod, pod on You Loons. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. Ah, James. We gotta like we gotta like have an order. Yeah, we have we have an intro order. Why don't we have an outro order? Because <laughs> it's more fun this way. We have an intro order order? I guess I just always go first, so <laughs> that's because you're at the top of the intro order. And that's why there's always like ten seconds of awkward silence at the start of recording. <laughs> All right. I cut those out. Guys, Pot peace out. Loons. Peace. Put on, put on your loons. Peace. Peace.